0: What is up a symmetry? Wow. Just when you think that things can't get any more awesome, we have the opportunity to spend the day with Tunis Jan Klein and one of his students, uh, Ralph from Rotterdam. And I'd been to Tunis's place last year at the trophy and with Troy and Lyme, uh, traveling together, I wanted these two to see Tunis Yan's place because it is one of these soulful bonsai facilities that you can see the heart, you can see the creativity, and you can see the soul. And Tunis Yan is an artist who has innovative techniques around his deciduous approach. He's won the Ginkgo Awards. He just recently won the Broadleaf category at the trophy with his uh, spectacular euonymus and getting to go see his place where all of his creativity happens and to understand the nuances behind his deciduous approach. Behind his inspiration for creativity um, and to get to experience his culinary passion as well, uh, enjoying a fantastic dinner at Amarone in Rotterdam. Uh, it was really a wonderful way to end our journey in Europe. Um, happy. And really proud of this podcast, and getting to bring attention to what Ralph calls the lowland countries in Europe as they begin to rise again with their bonsai technique. Stay tuned, listen till the end. We got a little surprise for you, but enjoy. Sit back, kick back, and enjoy. Oh, you can These put are them the on the table. Height,
1: the perfect height for people with the short legs. Sometimes those chairs are too high, and they swing. I, oh, yeah. I hate that.
2: You don't feel connected. I don't. I
1: feel like Lily Tomlin. Remember that actress in the United States? Anyway, she was a comedian. She True. had very yeah. short yeah. legs. Yeah. Yeah. Her legs were always did? like, yeah. yeah. Have you done a podcast before? <coughs> Never. No?
3: <sighs> a lot of interviews. Not, not a podcast, a lot of interviews. Oh, yeah. And, uh, yeah.
0: Uh, what a meal. Good. What a meal when you when you sit down and have a meal like that, do you feel like refreshed yeah Is that kind of, does that kind of like bring you back
2: yeah for me, having a meal like that I try to do it once a week it's like like when an ostrich puts his head in the sand, you're away from your normal world it's it's a different world right it just it 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 you it 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 brings you to calmness and fulfill your senses in a certain way. Yeah,
0: yeah. Uh, how do you draw your inspiration from food? What I mean, what does that look like? In terms of how do you relate your passion for food to your practice of bonsai?
2: Well, there are more than one aspect to it. The, the gastronomic aspect, I think, is at this time of my development as a bonsai teacher, the most important one. How you make to feel somebody at home, uh, let them open up, um, Mm. um, have the right interaction, uh, push the right buttons. That's an important part. (coughs) And the other part, of course, is the, the way the dishes are made, the way the techniques are applied. The way the botanic and seasonal aspects are interpreted and um, uh, visible and sensible in the plate, so that's the other aspect. Mm. But it's it's both ways. It's the gastronomic uh, experience I can mm-hmm. apply to my clients, my students, the workshop attendants, and uh, the um, the dishes and the artistic part yeah. of it on the other end
0: do you use your culinary passion as like a
2: metaphor to teach with your students or do you use that as a no i i use it in my kazari in in making tokonoma, in making this place in um the way i like to express my interpretation of nature and bonsai
0: Mm. and and do you experience that as a student studying with tunis
3: yeah I I, I I could easily tell that he draws his inspiration from something else than just bonsai alone mm. uh, that there's other influences I mean I I would say that if it if it would be from bonsai alone that that you would find your typical influences um, but you you I experience you draw a lot from from uh, your colonial experiences to um, you know, also in the aspects that you teach, you know, the three-point aspects. You can explain about it later as well, but um, uh, that is something that you strongly
2: relate to, to to to, um, to dining, while well dining as well, right? I think a good chef puts nature on a plate. Mm. A oh, good interesting. bonsai professional puts nature in a pot. Yeah. Mm. Wow. And mm. I think that's the shortest way of saying it. What do you think about that?
1: Well... Interesting. What would you say about the, the, the similarities between
2: the chef and a bonsai? Well, bonsai for me is about three aspects. It is about botanics, it's about techniques, and it's about aesthetics. And there are no similar art forms which has these three equally in it, except for high-end culinary Cooking, huh?
0: And in high-end culinary cooking, has the botanical, has the technical, and has the aesthetics. Mm-hmm.
2: Yes, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And for me, that's bonsai.
0: Hmm. So when you, like tonight, we were having a wonderful meal. You clearly know the the chef. How well do you know the chef? Pretty well. Do you guys hang out outside of enjoying None. his?
2: Not with this chef. I I have some chefs who are a little bit more um, closer by. Maybe one or two. Um, I go out with to another restaurant to experience the food with another chef because uh-huh. then you have a different mirror to look in. Yeah. Um, but most of them I know as a client, as a guest, as a regular guest. Like I know my students. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, interesting.
0: Would you consider yourself a student of the chef's work whose restaurants you go to enjoy? If you look
2: at me in my kitchen, I would say yes. Because because you cook as well? Yes, yes. Okay. And and I, I learn a lot about how to make a palette in a dish, how to layer a dish, Mm -hmm. how to present a dish. So I think when we're talking about me in the kitchen, I'm a student of, of those chefs, yeah.
0: And when you go enjoy a really intentionally prepared meal with another chef, right? So you and another chef are going to enjoy this meal together. What does another? What does one chef say about another chef's cooking and presentation and botanical selections, etc.? Like, what is it like to be from that perspective, enjoying a meal like we had tonight?
2: I can't say that uh, in the in the way um, uh, as being a chef in general. I mean, it are persons, and every person is yeah, different. Yeah, yeah, of course. So. His, um, um, his way of looking at things can be totally different than it is from another chef. So it's hard to say. It's hard to say, but they are all uh, technically um, um, in, in, uh, equal. Although sometimes they choose another way of preparing a certain product, you know. So,
0: they can understand what's being done
2: most of the time, but sometimes they get angry about um, a very forced technique to a very uh, delicate product. You uh-huh. know what I mean? Uh huh. So, or they, they would disagree with that approach. Yeah, absolutely. Like we disagree uh, on styling a tree sure. in a way we feel it's not our bonsai perspective,
0: right? Super, super controlled, and not as organic, or maybe too organic, and it yeah. has no yeah. aesthetic value. Do you do you find some chefs that you've gone to experience a meal with will just accept and enjoy, and kind of relax and and take in the experience and Accept that as as an enjoyable moment and call it good, or do most of the chefs, whom you have a meal with and enjoy another person's art form, have some degree of criticism or critical thought about it?
2: I think we can look each other in the eyes and say that, as looking at an other one's bonsai, we wear glasses. And chefs wear glasses as well. Mm. So it is really hard for a chef to look at another chef's work and putting off his glasses and look at this, look at it, unfiltered, unconditioned. Mm-hmm. And we look at bonsai as well. If I see a pine that is not styled as a pine, it, it I cannot look at it. It's No, I have to force myself to deduct all this um, right. prejudices I have and start looking again in an open-minded way to get a message yeah. clearly and not filtered by my opinion on how to style pints.
0: Do you feel like do you feel like in bonsai that people are approaching it with enough intention that you could see something done in a way that maybe you don't agree with and expect or understand that the person who created it did that with the knowledge that it might not be styled like a pine would be styled so that you actually look at it and know that they did that with intention and try to interpret what they were trying to do then do you feel like that's a part of bonsai in europe at this point
2: yes absolutely i i did uh teach a group of uh, judges uh, by the system of the dutch Bonsai club And uh, one of the things that was in this system is uh, measuring everything by right or wrong. Hmm. So it trains people to look at a tree and measure up what's wrong and what is right. So I try to get rid of this way of judging and um, try to give them a clear view, an open view, on what is the intention of this or that aspect of the tree. Cool. And and what is the creator telling us instead of this is not by the measurements we have on the paper, so it's wrong. Yeah. So asking asking somebody, uh, looking at the tree and say, what's wrong about this tree? Hmm. is the most Hmm. narrowing question you can ask somebody. Hmm.
0: But it's almost to assume that we're all trying to do the same thing, right? It, it, which yeah. is to, which is to say we're all I was, I was having a conversation with uh, with a really talented Australian bonsai artist and and we were talking about, you know how do you judge or analyze a tree because in Australia, the final destination, the objective, the place that that a person might be trying to go with their work, might not be the same place as where they're trying to go with their work in Japan or in the United States. And all of a sudden, if you try to apply a criteria that would specify the final destination, well, if you're not going there, then we're not even, we're not even on the same highway. No, you, we are you, not. You know, so, so then all of a sudden asking the intention seems a, a very pertinent and imperative thing to do to be able to look at a tree and understand the merits of it based on that, destination but that's also complex without context to understand what is what who is this person what what is their background what is their taste and intention it's almost like there's a missing piece to judging that allows us to accurately and 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 i think not correctly but intentionally understand and assess right Mm. true and that that that, Mm. this is these are the complexities when you try to apply a singular system to the analysis yeah. of a medium. If bonsai is being tr- treated as an art, you know, a medium that, without the context, you have no capacity to fully understand the intended yeah. dialogue. Yeah, and we talked about this at dinner tonight, yeah. uh, very passionately.
3: I, I do. I mean, I come from a different perspective. I'm not a professional. I'm, a, I'm a hobbyist. So, so you know, I sort of allow myself to have a. Um, a neutral stance, you know, a sort of a, a stance without having to cope with everybody else's opinion about what my opinion is. But I do feel that I, that I am, in general, more attracted to trees where you can see that there was an intention, uh, independent of what the execution, um, the following execution was. But I do feel that. Um, The trees, the displays, the stories that are told with intention where you can see someone has been trying to get across a message, a styling, a feeling for over a couple of years of training and styling and so on Mm. Um, that those are the compositions or the trees that do, th- those are the ones that keep me standing still for a couple of minutes. Like, what, okay, oh, wait a second.
2: Mm-hmm. There's
3: something happening here independent of the execution. So I do feel that there's a, when there's an intention to it, I get drawn more easily to a composition or to a display of a tree uh, than when it's, than when, than when the textbook has been let loose on the, You know, on the styling. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. You said something really interesting at dinner tonight when we kind of dove into this subject matter about instead of displaying one tree, what if there was a space for a singular person to display five trees and really start to create a theme or a consistency or a relationship? I mean, really start to build the capacity for a singular person to have a greater dialogue built in their presentation. That, that I thought that was mm-hmm. uh, just a, a, a stunning idea. I really did.
2: Well, there are little books with only one character. Most books are interesting because of the interaction between different mm. characters. Mm. And I think that is what's going to happen when you give somebody a carte blanche for a certain amount of space and let him write the book yeah, and let the, int- the characters interact and, 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 mm. and show it like a, an integra- in- te- integral integral yeah. uh, integral yeah. uh-huh. uh, story yeah. Yeah. it will be amazing really Yeah, yeah. I think that, that will open up a new way of presenting this person's vision on nature and trees and bonsai and aesthetics mm-hmm. in general
0: Yeah, have you ever thought about doing that or attempting that? Or if you would, have you thought about what theme you would be trying to utilize to select those five trees and how you would Uh, execute that? For myself, when
2: when I got a chance, ooh, that's a good one. I think it depends on what we are dealing with at that moment in the world. Hmm. Uh, For now, it will be something about diversity Hmm. and about trees along the waterside in context with trees high up in the mountains and uh, the beauty of diversity in nature Hmm. and what it means that certain trees are destined or created for a certain environment. Hmm. That would, that would be a team for tomorrow, but maybe next month we are in a yeah. different yeah. mindset and it will be something totally different. That, that's the nicest thing about this kind of exhibitions because you can grab a higher uh, handhold yeah. to start with.
0: I think the most fascinating aspect, when you said that, I started thinking, what are all the ways what are all the ways or things or themes that you could start to discuss with a relationship of, of five trees? Yeah. Because that, I mean, that relationship yeah. could literally be anything. Like you pointed out the, the Korean hornbeam that you had styled when you were just beginning bonsai and how you'd style it like a pine. Yeah. And as you were talking about thinking about the intention of the presenter and judging and not having this criteria, I started thinking, would there ever be an exhibition where you would display that Korean hornbeam as a, uh, piece of your work from the very beginning and use the timeline of your work and the evolution of your approach as a theme for that
2: display. I did that here. I, You know, I have a two-week theme in, uh, in what we call the aesthetic quarter in every evening's uh, course. Mm. And uh, once I did prepare a um, uh, broadleaf theme and I put uh, nine broadleaves in a row. And this was the first tree in that row. Oh, cool. And, and I, I showed the students the my development, but also the different ways of styling a broadleaf tree. Uh-huh. And that's like uh, going to Van Gogh's museum and looking at all his faces, um, the blue period, the yellow period. Mm. It's not Van Gogh, but for example, sure. some other uh, uh, painters. And, and and like Mondrian, you know the the figurative period, the abstract period. Um, that that uh, we do that here in discussion on, uh-huh. on how to style a broadleaf tree. And you you've experienced that.
3: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, I I do want to get back on one point which I found very interesting, and that was the point that. Um, um, on, on having different styles on, you know, diff- different takes on what it is to style a tree or, and I was, I was just thinking along the conversation that, um yeah, I, I dare to say that I'm, I'm a product of Dashima Bonsai Studio. I've started my career here and explored my career, progressed my, pro- and, and uh, yet I have a, I have a, uh, I have a different hand as you have. Um And that developed, you know, in this, um, uh, that that developed here in this area and in this this st- so you know along that discussion I thought while you were discussing it that it is difficult to look upon another man's hand or another artist's hand like mm, would I yet I do see in this studio a, 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 a sort of a, what is it a, an inclusivity of of styles being developed by students that 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 who are to quite a large extent the product of your approach but over the course of time start developing their own sense hand and and th- that is something that is all inclusive In i think I, I can't get my hand on what
2: it is exactly but it is inclusive in your your approach it's a frequently asked question uh when somebody's struggling with history during a workshop or a course. That I ask, do you want to uh, style my tree? Do you want it to be a Tunisian tree? Or do you want it to be your tree? Mm -hmm, Because there are two different roads we can take. And saying that and seeing the mind game that's going on after that question, uh, depends whether it's going to be a tree uh, inspired by me, but a product of somebody's own view on nature, trees, bonsai, and his own life, right. or whether it is going to be my input for the full 100%. Mm. And both ways are, are really fine. And, and, and I think in the beginning, people often take the safe route and say, well, tell me, teach me, show me. And later on they say, well, tell me, don't show me. Mm-hmm. And teach me afterwards.
0: <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean. Interesting. Yeah, that's really interesting. <laughs> Tell me, but don't show me. And and when I'm done, then teach me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah but because they want at that point, they're empowered to uh, put their own concepts into play on the tree. They want still want to know what you have to teach them, and they mm-hmm. still want to get your feedback on it but you haven't done it for them or influenced it so that it's taken it out of their hands. Yeah. true. And, oh, and, that's,
2: and that's, that's at that point in the conversation, we are not talking about the techniques, we are not talking about the botanics, but we are talking about the aesthetics. Yeah, right. Because the techniques, of course, I will control the techniques during that workshop. Sure. And if they are moving into a mistake, I will correct them. And if there are botanically issues, I will, I will teach them yeah. those aspects and show them those aspects. But aesthetically, I, 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 draw, I draw back. <laughs> or sometimes I draw certain options and I say, well, we can go this direction or we can go that direction or you can choose that direction. Look at them and, and make your own uh, choice and your own picture of the tree in uh, three, five, seven years time lapse from now
0: yeah yeah
3: has that have you found that approach to to help you oh yeah absolutely yeah yeah yeah, Yeah, absolutely because um um well we've had the discussion today earlier and i'm i'm I'm, i you know i'm i'm not putting myself in a position that i'm making art but but you know um i i do feel that that in the way i approach my trees i want to i want to um Incorporate, or I wanna, I, wanna add my feeling, my feelings, my emotions to a tree, through, to, uh, to a styling, and then it helps. A big deal when there's not someone forcing a dogmatic approach to bonsai on you. Instead, the thing that happens here, I would say, is a, uh, a free space uh, in where you get empowered by techniques, by the botanics, and if you're up to a point that you 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 can uh, you have the confidence in putting your own feelings artistic approach to bonsai I feel that 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 the freedom here is absolutely there. I have I have no I don't I've never felt any boundaries of, of going my own my own way and telling my story, adding my feelings to trees. While still being in the studios and being fully enabled and empowered by adding, by using the proper techniques to do so. Mm -hmm. Uh, So yeah, I feel that very much. And I think also that that freedom is what makes that this, for me personally, evolved from being a place where I followed workshops to being my second home Um, for my bonsai life, if you know what I mean. Mm -hmm. I mean, I I feel at home here because there's no right or wrong. I can go my own, I can do my own approach enabled. Interesting. Yeah. Does does, Does approaching teaching from
0: that perspective sometimes reveal some pretty magical opportunities and insights that your students are then showing to you or putting into action and you look at it and you're like, oh...
2: Oh Absolutely. I, I, I wouldn't
0: have thought about um, that or i wouldn't have i wouldn't have seen that, but I've just gained some new potential aesthetic or approach or insight that i that I hadn't considered prior to this
2: if If every tree leaving this door or this studio will be mine tree, there's nothing to learn from me. I will be like a copy machine yeah of course i I apply my own. A learning curve in my garden, right. but not here in the in the in the teaching room. And by um, not telling bonsai or teaching bonsai in wrong or right, mm. but in options um, and in and in opportunities, mm. I see things develop. Sometimes in a day, sometimes over the years. That is really rewarding, but also uh, a good feedback and teaching me. And, and inspiring me because they make choices I would not have come right. to. Yeah. And, and I think w- one thing in a, in a workshop that works for me is putting the workshopper or the student as my main focus mm. and not the bonsai. So I am, my main purpose in a workshop is enabling this person to make good bonsai. Not today, but in his bonsai life. So sometimes we do not finish a tree, but we finish a certain amount of inspiration for this person he can take home and apply on the rest of his bonsai career. Yeah. And that's something different because uh, I attended workshops uh, when I was younger and and in which somebody Mm. uh, uh, delivered a nice tree but forgot about me.
3: Mm. yeah that's a that's that's a good point in case
2: how long have you been doing bonsai when did you start when i was 17 okay so 28 years now and and how and how did you get started well i was i was working as a student um uh, and one of my jobs was uh maintaining gardens so I mowed uh, the lawn and I did some paving and I cut uh, the hatches and uh, things mm-hmm. like that for a lot of uh, clients. And and one of the, my clients I did a garden for uh, with some paving and, 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 and things was uh, somebody who was in the plant exporting business. And he had some bonsai uh, in front of his window from his house. And I liked it because to me it felt like the perfect combination between my interest in nature and gardening... And something artistically that at that point of time, I couldn't get my fingers around. That mm. was really yeah, challenging me and, and appealing to me. And at the end, he gave me some bonsai. So, well, I, I saw you liked it. This is, besides paying the bill, he, I, 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 he gave me a, a few bonsai and he took me to Lodder, uh, a big bonsai importer here in Holland. And that was the start. And I think for me, it was the combination about green fingers, you know, that's uh-huh. how we call it here in, in the Netherlands. We call it a green
0: thumb in the United mm-hmm. States. Green
2: uh-huh. thumb, <laughs> And, and my, my need or my interest in uh, Asian style, aesthetics, um, and some artistic... Saying that, S- scratching S- the artistic, itch. Yeah, 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 that's 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 how it started, yeah.
0: And but you come from a several generation deep horticultural practice in terms of you had said that your original location for your operation is called Deshima, yeah, Deshima yeah, Bonsai,
2: yeah, yeah, true.
0: And your original location was your grandfather's, uh, um. Greenhouse facility and and house and home yeah which via uh, what did I what did I say we call it in the United States I'm trying to think uh, imminent imminent domain yeah. via imminent domain yeah. basically the country uh, purchased it from you whether you like it or not and you were forced to now move into the current facility but that was going to be that was the facility you're working out of and you were two years away from hitting the century mark, the yeah. one hundred year point, where your family had been in that location.
2: Yeah, yeah, we we maintained that land and grew vegetables for it for almost one hundred years. Yeah, yeah. So
0: this is a horticultural practice for you. You were doing garden maintenance and design and build, um, and and you're exposed to bonsai. But your life in horticulture, this is something that you had and and knew no different for the, your entire childhood. True. True. Yeah. What about the creativity? Where did this, where was this fostered or where did it come from? Or is just this just something that's been a part of you always?
2: No, that is really interesting because that is the part I had to develop the most. Hmm. I, intuitively, I have always had a feeling for the botanics. Um, and now I'm able to explain and uh dig into it and 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 know why things happen as I in my early days thought it would work out well right um but artistically it has been another road for me, yeah hmm. but it it as i'm I was doing bonsai for two years when people asked me to do a demonstration i mean I could barely wire a tree <laughs> but <laughs> That's, people that's ask me tough. at the local club to do a demonstration because they like the styling uh-huh. so, um,
0: so huh has <laughs> been there somewhere something hidden. was clicking yeah or working quite well I don't
2: know where but I, I have a very <laughs> uh, pictorial way of thinking so maybe that's something that mm. I I could apply images from books or from television from trees in the mountain to garden center material and turn it over and give it a sense of a place in nature yeah
0: yeah and i mean so i'm aware of your work because uh, i read the write-up on the ginkgo awards where you showed your Sagen japanese maple and Daiso iwasaki was the judge and in this write-up it was like European Ginkgo Awards have typically been dominated by powerful conifers. And all of a sudden, Tunis Yan enters this incredible Sagan Japanese maple. And, th- and this is chosen as the winning tree. And this is kind of sets a new sort of or a first time for a deciduous artist or a, a deciduous tree from an artist to be recognized on that level. And I was like, oh, wow. Okay. And the article made it sound like it was really groundbreaking. And and, and it was. And I was like, okay, so this is how I learned of your work. And then as I've been coming to the trophy, I've seen your work over a number of years as you've entered your different trees. And there is a Steadfast similarity to all of your trees, not from an aesthetic perspective of the way that you style them or the way that you've treated them, but from a a general high level, high execution of technique, high execution of beautiful care and intentional um, presentation of the trees mm-hmm. that seem to show off the best natural characteristics and growth habit of the trees in whatever artistic way you chose to handle them and I think a case in point is the euonymous that you entered in the trophy this year in 2020 I've never seen a euonymous of that quality in my life I mean it was an immediate for the broadleaf category and I think if I had to choose a show winner it would have been my show winner uh, it would have been a, it would have been a very it would have been a very, very difficult choice between Lorenzo Agnoletti's larch, which I think is a very special tree, and your euonymus. I, I will be honest about that. Yeah. But, but they both held that same caliber of all of those things. Time as a bonsai, care as a bonsai, uh, impeccable technique, really beautiful execution, intentional. Uh, I think display and presentation is it was. And that's, become, that's kind of a hallmark of your work that I've just come to enjoy and really feel lucky enjoying over the course of time. And then, you know, last year, Rolf is driving me up here and, and all of a sudden we're coming to your facility to see it. And I walk into this place and I was just like, wow, I've been all over the world seeing bonsai locations and I've never seen anything like this and 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 for me i was i was hooked at that point i was like oh wow this is i got to come back here and and here we sit
2: <laughs> well you did that's good 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 thing well thank you thanks a lot i mean you know doing bonsai uh, as a teacher is a quite open thing you know but as a bonsai artist is is you do your work between the four walls of your garden and most of the time there's nobody Uh, watching your back or watching your hand or or, um, having the the sense of the amount of work and and well that that makes it really nice to hear when that amount of work that you put in in the lonely hours Mm. is recognized and respected yeah so that's one of the nicest thing, and then we are talking about the trees. But when you were was, when you were here last year, and you gave your opinion, but also your emotion and your your heart on 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 this place, that was really really um, good. To here because I was at the point of exhaustion mm. that I was able to lit the place and put a burning um cloth in it, so I was exhausted at that time,
0: yeah, yeah, I mean uh I can see why I can see why like <laughs> yeah. you know I've been working on Mirai for ten years, yeah, and uh you're 5 years deep in here and I was far farther <laughs> along than I am 10 years later. I mean people look at me and they say like you're crazy. I look at you and I'm like, "Wow.
3: There's just, always I, I somebody
0: more stupid yeah. than yeah. I am. This is guy crazy is even other, crazier." Yeah, 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 another um, another level. Yeah. And I I just it's <laughs> it's all of the little the little components of intentional detail that that really uh, I, I think stand out for me in this place, yeah. You know, the, the, and getting to see the pond actually finished, which last year it wasn't, I'm, I was just like, "Yeah, this is this is incredible." And just just humor me.
2: If you were to, how do you say your name properly? Well, it's unpronounceable for anyone not Dutch. So <laughs> <laughs> uh, we we can give it a try for the next ten minutes, but I won't blame you. Just one time. Donis Jan. Donis. Donis. Jan. Donis. Yeah. Donis. Yes, Don- that's fine. Okay. I don't want to offend you.
0: How, <laughs> how do you say your name? Because I've said Ralph and yeah. then Rolf. Uh,
3: Ralph is fine. Ralph is fine. Yeah, in, in Dutch is is Ralph. Ralph. Uh, but Ralf. Ralf is Ralph is fine. Ralph is fine. <laughs> yeah, your, it's perfect.
0: What's your last name? Oduber. Oduber. Yeah. yeah. And you you st- spent some time with Kunio Kobayashi at Shunkaien. Yeah, correct.
3: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I've been away um three times now i'm i'm planning on my fourth time and i i go there let's say over the last four years well every year or two years for about two weeks Mm -hmm. yeah but you know that that's that's the thing that we've talked about in 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 and i really feel it that way that that this is an inclusive place where there's no right or wrong there there was a point in time that i want to that i really wanted to go like okay so Bonsai is my hobby, and if this is the thing that I want to do until I'm 80-90, I'll I'll better do it good. And that was the point in time that we've discussed also at length: like, okay, I want to take some extra steps. Um and and approach uh, uh Shunkan mm-hmm. um uh, for uh for a first short time stay, and that was a that was a yeah that 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 was a true experience i mean that that got me hooked even further mm-hmm. um so yeah i've been to shunka now for three times planning on a fourth um and it uh um that 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 sort of magnified my my energy for bonsai as well i i feel that anytime i come to a you know a new place microtrans garden as well it just sort of it it just energizes you Mm -hmm. Uh, the two weeks in shunkan going 24 7 full throttle on bonsai it it you know it doesn't tire me out for a minute
0: yeah quite It sounds like quite the opposite and and you had been studying here at deshima yeah like i mean here figuratively at deshima For how long before you t- took the plunge and went to Japan for for your uh, sh- short term study? Eight, eight years. Eight years.
3: Yeah, yeah. I, so I've been visiting Japan for the last four years. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah.
0: And when you being, I, I would say a very serious uh, bonsai practitioner, although you know you don't call yourself a professional, and, uh, yeah. But but you're pursuing bonsai at a very high level. I mean, what? what is your intention in that? Like, what do you get from bonsai? What do you want out of bonsai being as dedicated as you are?
3: Hmm. Now there's many, many entries to an answer to to that, but, um, uh, I, yeah, I think myself as I, I need constant, um, stimulation or constant, um, um, inputs to sort of get energized, and I feel that bonsai to me, it has so many aspects on so many levels that I have the feeling that I've I I um, there's so many things to explore, uh, and that keeps me busy in a in a very in a to me a very interesting or very pleasing way um i can get my feelings to what i'm styling i can do the technical parts if i want to go intellectual i can dive deep into the fertilization or the you know the soil science you know and all those things there's so many aspects on so many different entry points and i just love the 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 whole thing about it and but yeah yeah one of the things that drives me especially drives me over the last few years and we had we had quite some the quite some discussions on it is is that i've i i mean the the bonsai heritage in europe is yeah, is okay. so big um and i I feel that as a as a as a hobbyist that 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 some intention and some purpose or some vision on how you want to approach or what your position would be in bonsai, is a nice thing to have for yourself, like an sort of an ambition. Um, well, ambition. I don't know whether that's a good word, but 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 especially the last two three years, also after seeing the succession of heritage and bonsai in Japan. Is something that i've sort of feel for myself that europe can can also you know bonsai europe yeah. we can use some extra energy in in trying to get the heritage that that that, that, that the generations before me um as have built with so much energy prolong it keep remaining telling the story of 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 what you know standing on the shoulders of giants that that, that is a very specific thing that struck me over the last 2 or 3 years which I'm which I'm pursuing in my own collection as well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that was in the that conversation as we were driving from yeah. from Gang to yeah. Rotterdam on our way here yeah. from the trophy. I, I think is a, a noble cause but also one of the most fundamentally intriguing things about bone size, since the tree becomes a time capsule for all the hands that have touched it. Yeah. And, and really, really, um, something that when you lose it, you don't, you don't get it back. Never. It's not, it's not coming back. That living thing is, is the, is the marker that holds all the stories and all the names and all of the occasions and exhibitions, which was cool walking through your collection tonight. And you saying, this is the maple I won the ginkgo with. And this is the, you know, obviously the, the trophy tree. And this was the first tree I exhibited. And this one was in the Crespi. And, uh, but I wanted to come back because along those lines, you'd made a statement that you said, listen, I'm really proud that Tunis Yon, his tree was selected at the trophy because it shows that the lowland countries yeah. uh, do have a bonsai quality and caliber yeah. and uh, practice that is worthy of being noticed yeah. in Europe. And I, I was just, I, I was, I was hoping you might speak to that. You know, in terms of where, where does Holland exist in the consideration of? Yeah. European bonsai cultures and countries and and, uh, and maybe where could Holland exist yeah. you know in terms of both of your perspectives or, or you know thoughts on that.
2: Yeah. Well 25 years, 30 years ago, Holland was on top of the bonsai scene in in Europe because we had the advantage of having the biggest importers of bonsai, and bonsai was a Japanese sourced thing at that time right. uh, we had lodders we had some others um, the first uh, new talent contests were all won by Dutch guys and then um, a Yamadori came along <laughs> and uh, uh, Yamadori enabled <laughs> uh, um, people to make money in a, in a quite a fast way which gave them free hands because they didn't have to make the money Mm -hmm. and at that time we got um, we didn't have we we don't have entry to to Yamadori so we had to work I had to do classes uh, to to make money out of bonsai Um, so I, I, I was not able to spend that time to making new trees my artistic development in a certain way and I think Holland's has been hauled back or uh, set back in the European scene uh, because we have no bon- uh, Yamadori entry. Mm-hmm. Um, but on the other hand, we have always been working in a way that we have to put beauty into our material instead of only applying a triangle on a beautiful piece of material. Right. So I think w- w- we work in a slightly different way. Um, and now I think that the impact of Yamadori has equaled to and blend in on an equally level with all other ways of making bonsai that we are getting back and level up and um, uh, our business model is not so different from any other
3: yeah yeah you, you know my knowledge of of where holland came from or where the lower countries came from you know from a historical bonsai perspective i i mean i can only run down for a couple of years but, but i i do have the feeling that that and and this is with all respect that I say it, but I do have the feeling that the Mediterranean countries dominated um, uh, the 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 big shows and and uh, at the same time I've you know from my personal experience um, I've seen people like like Jan, like you know Danny User uh, Hotsumi Terakawa uh, y- y- you know their, um Um, contribution to the bonsai scene in Europe Um, and it's sort of like that that, um, on a couple of locations or a couple of people are ramping up big time again I mean you've 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 spent a life's work in the last couple of five years just building this facility and over the last two years time slowly came free to start working on your trees again yeah. And you see that in one or two other places uh, happening as well. Like, can you
0: speak specifically to that, like, uh, or or just kind of in general, you're seeing this happening?
3: Well, specifically to places. Yeah, yeah. I think that this place is go, going. You know, is ramping up big time. I I think Danny Eustace's place is is yeah. ramping up big time in yeah. four or five years as well. I mean, what's happening there is is, is amazing. Is, and. And to my opinion, um, only coming from a few years of, of historic perspective, but I do see a lot of speed being made in in a couple of places. But with the historic perspective, or with the historic, what, what is it? The the, uh, the 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 length of the of of the track with Holland or with, with bonds in the Low Countries. Yeah, I'm. You know, th- th- this is a good time for. For trees from these countries to get the to, to be on the main stage back again. I think this this could be the mm. if
2: ever this could be the time again. And, yeah, and, and we are over the trend that the biggest bonsai is yeah, the best yeah, bonsai. Yeah, no, doubt. Yeah, yeah, no doubt about yeah, and it. And the biggest trunk is the best trunk. Yeah. Yeah. You know, we are over that point. We we have been there for a couple of years, I think even a decade. Yeah. Uh the focus was on the biggest tree, was the best yeah. tree. Yeah. yeah. And now you see um, um that that the well-styled trees, yeah. the, the elegance, well, all these yeah. other aspects that makes a bonsa beautiful, yeah, are more valued dated.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and it's and it's a very interesting thing when you consider the fact that you didn't have a source for Yamadori in Holland, but as those other countries were going through their Yamadori binge and, and specifically their conifer binge, you know, now you're reaching a point in European bonsai where that hunger and curiosity and obsession, fascination, whatever you want to call it, has kind of that hunger has been satisfied over the course of that time the dedicated dutch practitioners have continued to add age and yeah. quality yeah. and character and ramification and refinement to their trees and i mean case in point you, you, you i mean you kind of dropped a nuclear bomb with that youonimus at the trophy where it's like wow this is a this is a, a tree that you've been working on for how long 20 20 years yeah, yeah. i yeah. mean and you can't get that kind of quality in a deciduous tree, in less than that time, really, it's just what it takes. Yeah, and true. there, there is that I think hunger and desire to know how to do that. And there's also a romantic aspect to bonsai as a practice. When you talk about it as a lifestyle, and deciduous trees might demand that bonsai be a lifestyle more than any other genre of tree, because it's a it's a dedication that exists and. Specifically talking about your approach that you were discussing today, a a five-time-a-year pruning with aggressive fertilization with the knowledge that if you're not showing up, it can really get away from you. But if you do show up, the results are tested and proven here in not just one singular tree, but across the board in the trees that over the course of European bonsai history in recent times have had a massive impact.
2: Yeah, Uh I think that, that's that's the point. Yeah. And, and of course we worked on conifers and, and things like that. And but meanwhile I couldn't pay this new um uh, building with digging out trees for free. Yeah. Mm. You yeah. know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, sure. yeah. 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 Yes. So yeah, my 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 amount of money um was smaller and brought together by spending time in teaching and doing some business and selling wire and tools and things like that. Yeah. So it took me a longer period to be where I am now, mm. which I don't regret, but it's just a different path. Yeah. As I didn't choose to take the Japanese path.
0: Yeah. And do you feel like I mean, you talked earlier about some of your experiences in a workshop where that you walked away with a tree, but you felt like the workshop instructor had, had maybe not necessarily noticed you, the person that they were supposed to be helping or educating in that process. And you feel like, obviously, your focus on your students' education is geared towards them as much, if not more, than the tree. Do you enjoy that process of working with your students and making your students the focus and, and do you wrestle with being pulled away from the trees because that's what you've had to
2: do or maybe chosen to do? Yeah, that's, I think, the most interesting question in my bonza life.
1: Hmm.
2: Because you can see it as a spagat. You know, uh, your legs pulled out together to the maximum. Mm-hmm. But on the other hand, it, you cannot walk on one leg. And for me, it has always been a natural balance between those two. But yes, sometimes I'm in my bed grinding my teeth and saying, oh, I should have done that to that tree. Yeah. I should have done that to this tree. And I just could not do that this week. And to be honest, when I look at my agenda, I cannot do it next week either. Yeah. Yeah. And then you feel that your obligation to the trees is... Uh, held back or made impossible in a a certain way by making a living.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Damn it. That's the, I mean, this is the crux of choosing to do bonsai Uh, as a profession. Yeah. The meshing of this beautiful artistic endeavor and the necessity to survive doing so and all of a sudden the economy of it. outweighs the artistic aspect of it and i think this is like forever the challenge right
2: it is and i feel really bad when somebody rings the doorbell sorry i'm here i know you're very busy but i need akadama and then i said well the reason i am busy is because i want to open the best door for you to get your akadama yeah so please draw me out of my work To Uh. buy Akadama, because the Akadama is enabling me to make the garden even more beautiful for your your next visit. So it is a a really difficult point to balance because sometimes clients and students have the feeling they disturb me in my daily work. Well, they are my daily work. They are the reason this place exists because they bring in the money and they bring in um, um, my my daily food mm-hmm. in a certain way. I cannot eat my bonsai.
0: Yeah, yeah right. <laughs> not most of them.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, but but when uh, I came
0: here, one of the things that really struck me was beyond the trees. Because I, I knew I was going to see beautiful trees. Uh, and that's not that's not to devalue the trees. But one thing that I've realized over the course of my time traveling across the world is the the places that I remember and the trees that I remember specifically, I remember them because the tree is beautiful, but the tree is beautiful in the context Ah, that it was delivered to me. And when I came here, the context, the the garden, building the garden, and you said building the garden, making the garden beautiful for my students or for the person that's going to come to buy Akadama... Like It is. I mean, it's breathtaking what you've done to this place, which also taps into the questions about design. But where does your desire to build a place of this caliber come from? Why, why, why spend the past four years when you're forced to move, building something up to a point of the facility you had to leave that had been there for almost 100 years? Like, why do you want that so bad? What does that mean to you?
2: To be honest, I have no idea. Mm. When I had to leave my old studio and my old place, of course they try to compensate you and they pay your house like they buy it. And at that point of time, I had the chance to put this money in my pocket and go around the world for a few years, not a few years, maybe one year, and uh, get back to a job. Um, but that did not appeal to me and I don't know why <laughs> I really don't know why and of course I, 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 I spent hours in my bed thinking about all the options I could have bought a normal house with a garage put six chairs in it and give some courses and, and, and kept, keep the rest of the money in my pocket but mm-hmm. I spent days driving around finding a new place in which i could do what i had in mind which is not what i wanted but w- what i had in mind yeah and some people say well oh now you've you've purchased your goals this is what you wanted no it has never been a goal to make a place like this it's it's, right. it's something i had in my i had in my head and 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 happened i mean i've been uh, working full time uh, uh, and part time four days a week um, and I only quit my job three years ago because I needed the money to fulfill everything I I had in mind I don't know it's it's like I see a lot of similarity in Van Gogh he, he said I ruined my life but I have to do this mm. ah. and, and, and maybe that's that's something that's in you mm-hmm. or that that's a certain drive or i don't know it has never been uh um something that i really wanted it uh, it happened because i did it and i had it in my mind maybe that's the crazy part you said (laughs) you have to be a little you have to be a little crazy to 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 do something like this and I am crazy. I am yeah, crazy. You definitely can't like why you crazy. Do the, yeah, why you do the things you well, do? one it's of not the like things did that did a prove I'm bit. crazy? You went big, man. Everything took me double the time and double the money. Of course, that then what I thought it would be. So that makes me an opportunist, but also a crazy man. <laughs> <laughs> but okay, and keeping
3: on going as well.
0: It, yeah, it's not like it's done. Like it's
3: not like oh, this is going to cost me twice the money, twice the time. Okay, so I'll stop halfway. You know, no, yeah. no, no. I'm 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 just gonna pain myself. I'll, I'll just go all the way. That's right. Yeah.
0: Well, and I mean, I at I mean, at this point, I think I think it's worth <laughs> mentioning that your operation is and your home an operation. Is in, a, is in a retired elementary school that you have completely transformed into a magical bonsai wonderland. And it's spectacular, but when you were driving around all that time looking for something, <laughs> y- you ended up buying a school.
2: What? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what, how did that happen? It, it was the only place... That fit in the <laughs> images that I had in my mind uh-huh. and um when the government uh pulls you out of your house, they have to offer you uh um um something equally and they found uh, uh, uh um uh, a nursery in Boskoop, which is uh, um, a t- a tree nursery village um so they said, well, you can go there. But I'm in the, I'm in the middle of Rotterdam area, in, 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 in urban area, in the in the center of, of Holland. And I didn't wa- uh, want to leave my village, you know. So I had to search myself because they said, well, this is what we have to offer. And if you want something else, well, you have to go for it. And we used that old nursery as um. um Um, and
0: like an appraisal like a value
2: yeah and 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 what that nursery cost to buy is what we are going to give you Mm -hmm. which was not comparable to what i had here in the area of rotterdam where a lot of people uh, are traveling around so i went looking and i could not find anything and then the government put, of the local government, put a sign in front here on the road that this building was going to be auctioned, hmm. and I walked around it seven times. It was like the people of Israel walking around Jericho. <laughs> I walked around it seven times through the bushes and again and again, and I was looking at every space and saying, "Well, I can, I can do this over there, and 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 so and." and, and and it, it, it ripens, you know, like you buy uh, a piece of fruit that's not ready yet. And you, mm. put it, you put it on the table and you look at it every day. And after five days, you think, well, no, this is it. And after a few days, I thought, sort of this is it. This is, this is the only chance I have. Uh, because there was no other house with a big piece of ground that, that, that fit that. Yeah. yeah. So it had to be this place. And then I start talking with the government about my plans. And I, uh, because I didn't have any money in my pocket, because I didn't know what I would get for my old place, it was a hard period. Mm-hmm. And there was no bank tr- uh wanted to uh, put a guarantee underneath it. So it was a really hard time. There's a lot of talking, and a lot of phone calls, and a, a lot of promises and, 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 and opportunism to get everything around and i had to go to all parties three times because the first time it turned out that i didn't get enough money so i had to get back to the government and and well at the end it, it all worked out
0: yeah do you think that process bound you to this place on a deeper level because oh, i was like
2: a dog uh, having a, a a piece of wood between my teeth yeah i wouldn't let go
0: yeah it was yours
2: uh, yes it had to be yeah, yeah. true wow. it cost me 5 years of my life honestly honestly yeah. looking back uh, i i miss 5 years in my life
3: but which is I, why i if i may say and it's not my place in a sense but which i i've seen this from a, from a very close um uh from a, from a very close distance right which is why I am so proud of you, you know, getting on the main stage again with that tree because it's, uh, and uh, you know, I, I I just want to shout this out to you. It is only deserved that someone who works so hard, um, not only for himself, but only for the sake of offering his students a place to feel home and where they practice their bons. It is only well-deserved that after so long a period and so much dedicated work, y- you hit the main stage back again. And I, I really, f- you know, uh, yeah, uh, this, is, this is the time and this is your moment. And, and I think y- y- you've deserved it big time.
2: That's really good to hear because I, I have, have been questioned a lot uh, from people abroad whether I was still doing bonsai because they did not see me Mm. doing demonstrations abroad. They didn't see me in the magazines anymore uh, because I was working my ass off here. (laughs) Um, So this might be the the moment to close up that period of uh, being here in the garden, digging uh, pavements and, and, and doing things like that. and. Yeah. Yeah. Get more into the bonsai part of yeah, my life.
0: Yeah, it was interesting walking through as you were discussing some of the trees and and talking about learning the nuances of of certain trees and letting them get away from you and what happens and and what you've experienced and and then you know me asking, "Well, what led to you what led to that tree getting away and and <laughs> You know, it's like you get lost in that conversation and you forget what you had just said five minutes earlier that i I had to build this place in a period of five mm-hmm. years. I yeah, no and and but but to think now in the condition that it's in, which is I, I mean it really is a special place to be for you to get back to bonsai. this is something that Europe should be incredibly excited about. For for Tunisia to be back at full power, injecting your creativity and learned, improved, evolved, potentially uh, you know matured and more nuanced thought process to the trees that have continued to stay with you, and whether or not they were you know moving forward or had a few setbacks it's only going to take a little bit of time when you start focusing your energy on them for them to exceed where they've ever been before. And for you to have already had such a significant impact and to think that it's only going to get better from here is, is, a, is a pretty powerful statement for the future of, of at least this facility, but potentially even the, the ripple effect that it could have on Dutch bonsai. I mean that like gives me shivers like I'm pretty excited cuz I looked I was watching the articles when I was in college of you. You know, I was I was looking at the results of your demonstrations. Like I was aware that you won the Ginkgo when I was when I was in Japan. I, I knew all of this stuff was happening and it's like, yeah, what what happens when this guy's at full power again? This 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 could be significant. I mean, that's not to like put a shitload of pressure on you or anything. I'm not trying to do that, but I'm just echoing what Ralph's saying no, over here yeah. and going, oh yeah, baby, this is going to be yeah. awesome.
3: And it's here. I mean, it's all here. I mean, it's, it's here. It's here. Yeah, the bones are there. Yeah. Yeah. The trees are here. Yeah.
0: Yeah. That big hinoki waiting for you. Uh, well, <laughs> the monstrosity.
2: Yeah. I, I don't have words at the moment, so <laughs> yeah. maybe, maybe the tree has to tell it in a few years. Yeah. I, I agree on that. Yeah. Uh, I agree on that. Yeah,
0: and there's still things you want to do around here, though.
2: Yes, oh, of course, but that—that, that, you know. And um, in the beginning, it are the necessities you're working on. I mean, your trees need a garden. If you put your trees on an on an elementary schoolyard, they will get burned because the place is paved and the walls are stone, and it's like an oven here. Yeah. So, your trees need a garden. Your students need a table (laughs) to to put the trees on. They need a coffee and and a toilet. And, you know, so the necessities were first. And now we are through the necessities. We are almost through the, in my opinion, um, important parts of the atmosphere. And now we can get into the details. Mm. Um, And the details are not like that. Top priority, you know. That are the things that make it even more cozy and yeah. and artistically right, but not like top priority. So I hope, I truly hope, I can slow down a little bit and work more on my trees and 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 get charged again, because being busy and 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 I, I I'm very grateful that um, as far as I know. I didn't lose students or clients on this. Right. Because that is the counterpart that I was afraid for that would hit me in the back, working as hard as I could, maybe spend less time with clients in the shop, maybe after two advices, non-verbally give the signal, well, I hope I helped you well, but I want to go outside to do something Mm. else. Um, which was not always the proper attitude for me. I, I realized that and looking back at that period, I think, whoa, for some people, I'm very grateful they are still here mm. and still visiting. And, well, I hope this, well, sounds in a new period. Yeah. More rest, more focus on the bonsai and not on the building.
1: hmm
2: Yeah. I'm ready for it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and it's really nice to sit down and and hear you and Ralph uh, s- speak out your opinion on it. Uh, that 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 well, that helps recharging, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. You need
0: some energy. Come talk to me. I'll I'll pump you up every time. <laughs> <laughs> well, you you did last year. Right? You uh, do
2: it now, and and I mean, we we bonsai profis don't have the tendency to visit each other often or to uh, speak to each other Mm. often in an open, constructive way. Right. Um, And I think that is an important part. And I know in Holland, the clubs have seen the commercial bonsaiists as a, a... stay away from it in a certain way uh, because that are the ones that have to make money out of it and we are the ones that have bonsai as a hobby right and i feel (laughs) since the last 10 years that we are growing up growing into each other direction as well that and that enables both of us i mean i can have clubs here um uh, that help me and i help the club and that that's the perfect symbiosis. yeah it's like mycorrhiza and, and a tree root you yeah
0: know? I, it feels to me like we're entering the age of collaboration absolutely in bonsai yeah. you know there was i think when when any endeavor first starts you have this notion of the feast or famine because it's so freaking hard to take this obscure art form and actually survive doing it and so it's it's an isolationist mentality. It's There's not enough to go around. Its clientele is scarce, so I don't want competition. And, I, and then as it catches on, and this is where you really have to, or, or at least I feel compelled to really acknowledge these people that were were gritty enough and determined enough to weather that storm and build the foundation that now exists for us to be able to do Bones professionally and have the luxury of being able to share ideas and techniques and knowledge with each other and not worry about it devaluing what we have to offer to the Boneside community and potentially even, in fact, enriching our own abilities to do Boneside by sharing those techniques and discussions together. But also the notion that the people that came before us built Boneside to a degree where there are these massive exhibitions and there is this exposure and people are interested and the more of us that are doing it actually the better it gets. Yes. Not the yeah. worse it gets, you know?
3: Like Absolutely. The
0: age of of collaboration, this is when an art form can truly and if you want to reference Van Gogh, of course this guy is drawing hands and faces and thousands of sketches and paintings until he hits the point where he evolves into the Van Gogh that everybody loves and appreciates, and he only produced 20 or 30 paintings in that style before he unfortunately died. But when you look at what it took for him to get there, he was also spending a tremendous amount of time talking with other artists and coffee shops in France and exchanging ideas, and they were working together to get there. And what it bred was one of the most impactful breakthroughs in art history has seen that this in bonsai hasn't happened yet but we're amassing that collaborative mentality and this to me is so exciting because the possibilities are limitless when you put multiple hungry creative and determined minds together that are passionate and motivated we we don't know what's possible yet
2: looking forward to it oh we've only scratched
0: the surface
2: yeah true Yeah, interesting.
0: And I think it's interesting, too, to think about Japan potentially entering that collaborative discussion. Yeah. Because this has been off the table. There's been such a reverence, and and rightly so, and justifiably so, and deservedly so. But also Europe has put in a lot of time. And things in Europe are different than Japan. And it doesn't all cross over. And there's a generational shift and 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 now there's younger talent in Japan and maybe that younger talent is willing to collaborate a little bit more and maybe there is more of a equal ground to be discussing bonsai on you know like there's no reason Japan can't be a part of this and the changing of the dynamic to a degree to where we can all sort of work together i i my experience with my senpai uh, mr fujikawa was really Monumental for me in thinking about the fact that there's room for all of these cultures to engage in a, in a potential universal collaboration to raise this art form yeah. to another level.
3: Yeah.
2: I highly value the new interest and appreciation for Penjing. Oh, yeah, right? Because that is something that Europe needs. Oof. The, new,
0: the, the principles of Penjing... The aesthetics of Pingjing, these are these are fresh and interesting and different. Yeah, yeah, and challenging. Challenging. Even though they're so much older than bonsai. Right? <laughs> Which yeah, is like the, yeah.
2: the funniest part of it to me. When I started bonsai, I mean the Japanese way was the only way. And and Chinese bonsai were the commercial ones in the shopping uh, center. Yeah? You know? Yeah. Yeah. And um since 10 years i think but i think it's still growing there is a new appreciation for penjing style and that is i really value that do you
0: do you have any background in penjing or have you ever studied it or
2: no no not more than an 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 average book and internet study sure and and some short trips through china uh, in my former job um, at oriental yeah uh, for for sourcing in china uh, not in a in a, in a big way it almost
0: it almost feels equally as daunting to try and
2: yeah well we are in, we had we had something to eat a little snacks. so I thought we were checking whether we we would drop some snacks on the table oh. Sure, some
3: snacks on the table. Why
2: <laughs> not? Why
0: not? We're just getting warmed up.
2: Is the wine okay? Yeah, it's is, good. Yeah. yeah, it's good. it's going to taste it? The well.
0: <laughs> no, it's it's delicious. Yeah, good. no, I, 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 it's almost like pinching is as inaccessible as bonsai originally was. It's like yep. there's so much in the old days. Co- yeah, yep. quality and interest there, but it doesn't feel like there's. You know, it's, it's tough. It's tough to know who defined the bonsai principles that became the original dogma of the bonsai art form as it moved into the Western world. In my mind, it was like the best attempt to try and explain this kind of unexplainable, more emotion-based and, and creatively based and personally based approach. Now we're like diving into that with Penjing and I don't know that the Chinese methodology is as documented for pinging as bonesai might have been or as professionally outlined by uh, a, a defined culture
2: yeah a school or culture right yeah. yeah i think it's not it's i compare it with the tao you know um the the way of the tao is is very old and there are books about it, mm-hmm. but most of it is—it is not written in words. You know right. what I mean? It, right. And and, and that's—I think with benching that's the same. Yeah. Of course, there are um, people who try to write it down or to to nail it in words, but I think that will be a hard job to do.
0: I think so. I think it's going to be really hard. But yet, you know, as as China has, as China has. I think, reinvested in bonsai in Japan and and purchased a lot of their antiquities back. And also, I think, purchased a lot of bonsai from Japan. You can see pictures of some of the trees that have moved from Japan to China several years after having gone there, and you recognize that the aesthetic is shifting a bonsai is becoming more pinging in its aesthetic. And yeah. I don't think that's intentional. I don't think that, that those trees are going to China and they're saying, let's make this pinging instead of bonsai. This, in my mind, is the purest demonstration of culture and the en- environment that that culture facilitates impacting the artistic approach to these trees. And a bonsai in China is going to become a penjing at some point
2: yeah but i really fault my hands that penjing is not coming bonsai mm, yes because normally that's what happens when cultures interfere
0: yeah yeah
2: and and i hope we have the time and uh, possibilities to get into penjing before it is blunt
0: See, I don't, I, I, I guess I don't worry about it.
2: Okay, good, good. The and the
0: reason is, is because you can't take the culture out of China. True. And you can't take the culture out of Japan. I mean, when I look at the Japanese model, I don't see necessarily them reflecting the the mountains and the landscape. Obviously, you have you have artists like like Mister Abe, who is very much driven, I think, by Mount Azuma and the Fukushima yeah. white pines and their natural environment. And 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 I think there are other artists, I don't want to, you know, forget anybody, but I do think there are other artists in Japan that very much have a natural touch to their approach. But I think to a large degree, Japanese bonsai is more a representation of the shokunin mentality and the cultural aspects that have dictated and created Japanese culture over the course of time. And you see that reflected in the trees that are being worked.
2: Yeah, and the craftsmanship that is highly rewarded. Oh,
0: yeah, this daily pursuit of perfection and this incremental yeah. increase always moving forward.
2: Which is not what I recognize in Penjing. Exactly,
0: exactly. And the architecture is different. Even the theme of wabi-sabi in Japanese aesthetics. Is there wabi-sabi in Chinese aesthetics or Penjing? It doesn't really work that way. no, no. no. There's more of a value in the extreme
2: yeah and nature's yeah um uh, nature's um difference or or in uh, the absurd yeah the absurd yeah, yeah that that yeah. to some degree even
0: potentially what in bonsai would be considered grotesque yeah yeah in pinging can all of a sudden be the point of value yeah and so inside of that, I feel like it's safe. I feel like it'll. I feel like there will always be a place where it's safe, and that will be at the hub or the epicenter of that culture. Yeah, and maybe that's. But but then again, it's the how do you how do you access those concepts and principles and come to understand that? Maybe immersion in Chinese culture is what it takes. I don't. I, I don't
2: know. Me need it to be honest and. It will be very interesting not to organize a bonsai trip to Japan, but also organize a penjing trip to China. Absolutely. And try to adapt these ideas into your own vision and work of bonsai.
0: Absolutely.
2: Yeah, I feel, do you feel like
0: Europe or specifically the different countries in Europe have identifiable differences in the way the bonsai are handled and styled?
2: yeah i feel so yeah yeah
0: i do too i i think it's almost um i think it's almost uh blatantly obvious in fact
2: yeah walking over the trophy and um having um all the flags of the of the european countries you could you can put the flags in the trees and i think you will be right for seven out of ten yeah and 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 that's okay, I mean, that are influences from bonsai professionals, bonsai masters who teach bonsai to the uh, national people. It is the way they look at art, or the way they yeah. look at time, or they look the way they look at life in general, you know?
0: Mondrian? Is that what you said?
2: Yeah, Mondrian. Piet Mondrian.
0: Piet Mondrian.
2: Yeah. He is the painter that inspired me the most because he looks at nature and doesn't see nature, but he sees (coughs) um, forms and lines and volumes and energies which he was able to visualize on a canvas, Mm. which is amazing. His painting of a flowering apple blossom tree is amazing. Interesting. Mm-hmm. I can show you because I've got big posters of it because we use it a lot in the in the lessons here mm. about how you visualize not the exact tree but the essence of the tree. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. If you do you think that you're more and maybe this I'm going to ask this on a personal level and also just as a general broad brush stroke of potentially Dutch people in general influenced more by nature or influenced more by art?
2: Ooh, I don't dare to say.
0: Okay, you can just speak for yourself.
2: Yeah, I don't.
0: Or maybe you don't dare to say for yourself.
2: It it really depends because when I validate that question on the people that are here in studio Mm. uh, and I know well and uh, with i discuss about this kind of topics i would say it's 50 50. yeah 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 and even and that is the purpose of my way of teaching uh people choose for one tree the natural way and from for another piece of material the the arty way Mm -hmm. and that is what i really want that people understand that they have choices yeah. and that they have options and that they should explore both ways of designing a tree. yeah. And when that happens and when later the trees come back on the bench again, uh, from the bench to the, to the table here, and I see that the, both trees are developed in a different mm. way, that, that's really rewarding. Because that opens the... Uh, for, for me, I, I sometimes I see a student like uh, a middle-aged knight, you know, with this iron mask on it. It's just this yeah. side. I know you ca- you cannot see it from a podcast, but you know what I mean? A very narrow side. And it's my job to open this helmet to get a broader view <laughs> like on everything. Like
0: pull the big visor up. Yes, so absolutely. A, That's my job. Yeah. That's yeah. a part of my job. Yeah. You you handle teaching. I I think there's a lot of teachers that have a similar approach. You handle teaching in a way that I've n- I've never heard of any other bonsai instructor conducting themselves. You have you have classes in the evening time. You teach 6 days a week. Yep. And you how do you break down your, your evening sessions? You spend a certain amount of time on different aspects yep. of bonsai. Yeah,
2: we, we have a certain structure in the, in the evenings, uh, which has grew over the time. It's not like... So we always start with the, the agenda. So what's happening in bonsai world? Exhibitions, lectures, club uh, gatherings, club shows. Mm-hmm. Then we have a, a blog that I call do, Do's and Don'ts and that's specific on the season and normally every student is here every two weeks so we do this in very short periods but now we're talking about repotting and what's important on repotting and where you have to be keen on and what you absolutely don't do so it's it's about the season it's about what you have to do in your garden the next months and then we have uh, a fifteen minutes that I call the artistic 50 minutes because I had the idea that talking about the trees, we're always talking about techniques and about botanics. And the artistic part was a little bit unexplored in some evenings. And I, well, I want to put it in front of the talking about trees. So I prepare something and I do this in sickly or two weeks because every student is here in two weeks. Yeah. Um, and that can be anything. Uh, we had a, a series of lessons about uh, how to, to construct a, a good tree with depth, uh, with optic illusion, uh, with the right spacing, how to use open space in a tree. Hmm. So, that are the topics we are talking about. We are talking about wabi sabi, but sometimes I use a Japanese anecdote to give an insight. Uh, we talked about uh, Shogun Iyamutsu and mm. his, his approach on the tea ceremony. Right. So it can be anything, you know, but it has to be artistically inspiring. And then we, we discuss the trees and the group is six to eight people. So we we, 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 we talk the, over the trees and then the other half of the night, of the, of the evening, is, is, is to work and to apply everything uh, into the tree. Huh. Fast, and uh, drink coffee,
0: of course. Yeah, and drink coffee, and maybe a little bit of beer. Mm-hmm. That's uh, it's a it's a, it's a really interesting way to handle things. How do you, if you don't want your students to be creating Tunisian trees, how do you teach them aesthetics? What does that look like to teach aesthetics?
2: Well, I. I tend to uh, draw different options because it's really hard when you start bonsai to figure out what what your tree will look like in a few years. So normally I start with, um, this can be the classical... Japanese formal way, this can be an informal way, this can be a more naturalistic way to style your tree, this can be a more poetic or artifacty way to mm-hmm. style your trees. And I make quick drawings, not too detailed, because when I make it too detailed, uh, people always choose the most detailed drawing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. So I try to keep my Drawings a little bit messy and not so clear, so people don't <laughs> choose by the drawing but right. get the idea of the different options. And we talk about it. I draw a penjing option, you know, like we can do it like this and mm. different lining, different spacing, different uh, volumes on the tree, uh, different, cl- uh, different angle, and, 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 and things like that. And normally, I, I will leave the student, then I go to the next. Mm-hmm. And in the next round, because I make rounds uh, across the table, and the next round I try to get an idea what is the most wanted or the most... Uh, what are they feeling? Yeah, yeah. How many students do you have at a time? Uh, six to eight on an evening, and and um, overall uh, between 90 and 100 people. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, yeah. That's a lot. And
0: <clears throat> if if both of you had to... Come up with words that quantified Dutch culture. What would what would those words be? Well, because we talked about this a little bit. Yeah. Yesterday too, or not yesterday uh, when we were when we were driving up here. Yeah. You know, maybe yeah. we were. Were we talking with Farron and Renee about this about Dutch and yes we were Holland being the number two producer of food right exports and so we talked about this last night with fairness yeah Mane, i apologize well
3: about characteristics, i i i i, would, I would, we i would say we we are a very direct type of people direct yeah direct as in we'll say anything that that is on our mind uh in a, in a in a constructive way. I mean, not 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 to put people in their place, but just you know, it's better to just say out loud what I feel or think, so someone else, you know, another one can act on it. I think that will be a something typical for the Dutch. I think another thing is, I I think we're, um, quite. What what is the, what is the what is the
2: English word for for nuchter? Uh, uh, you know sober? I mean? so, uh, so, yeah, no, not sober, but it's a literal translation. But well, what I would say in Holland, we have the highest penetration of DIY shops. Okay. On the number of people living in, a, and that's exactly what Dutch Bonsai people are DIY, do it DIY. yourself. Hmm.
0: Uh, so you'd say, because uh, if I had to quantify from the descriptions I've been given, mm-hmm. industrious
2: industrious
0: industrious ah yes the ability to learn do excel and prosper this seems this seems to be
3: a a a, a dutch why is it so easy for someone from outside the country like bang bang and i recognize it i i you know i i i can feel it for me it's it's quite a hard question what who are we exactly, and how do we stand off again i i can I can say something about how we perceive Americans or Chinese or Japanese, yeah. but it's it is it is darn difficult to, to sort of categorize yourself as a as a species like right? you know this is how we you can find us in between many other different people on these and these and these characteristics You probably know too much.
0: Right, to, you know people that don't fit to, into that to a degree yeah. where it becomes. I mean, this is obviously a very broad generalization, generalization but yeah. I mean, the 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 Dutch are industrious. You guys are. Mm, so if guy. you talk about DIY, you're saying. Why would why would we not do it ourselves? Yeah, true. I mean, true. this is an industrious mentality. In, yeah, that oh. fits in the industrious mentality. Yeah,
2: yeah. Uh. It's very interesting because when I have a Japanese instructor or master here, and we talk after uh, a workshop, they always say it's. They are amazed that the workshop uh, uh, attendance don't do. What the master says. They say, Oh, (laughs) thank you for this opinion. I will think about it. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And it annoys them in a certain way, of course. (laughs) And another way, it intrigues them. You know?
0: I'm I'm sure. Yeah. There's like a lack of comfort with that lack of conformity, but there's also a little bit of, uh... So, what does it feel like to not do what somebody tells you to do? You know? (laughs)
3: That's why I feel pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we, we yeah. I think you. Most of the people in my sort of, you know, in my surroundings I think I, I think people from abroad would call them stubborn, but I I would more or less look at them like no, they think they're thinking for themselves. Yeah. Good good on you. Nice. You know. Nice. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Formulating formulating their own opinions.
3: Yeah. Yeah, Is just just you know, inputs here, inputs there. You know, thank you, thank you, thank you. You know, with all enthusiasm and all curiosity. All right. Okay. So hurt hurt left, hurt right. What do I think? Yeah. Ah. I, I think I'm going to try this. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm.
0: do you think that's reflected i mean going back to walking through the trophy and being able to put a flag in every pot would you be able to put a dutch flag in a dutch made bonsai
2: yes absolutely and what would that bonsai look like it's it's more open it's more structured and it is from top to toe or from toe to top Uh, consistent Hmm.
0: and there's no other cultures that you see taking necessarily that approach
2: Mm, I think in for example the more thousand thousand European bonsai schools the approach is you have a beautiful trunk and as fast as possible you put your canopy on it yeah and because we don't have a beautiful trunk and we have to develop the trunk, we can, or we have to, uh, meanwhile, uh, uh, while we develop the trunk, we can develop a better branch. structure. Yeah. No, not a better, a different branch structure. Mm, I have to be careful better. formulating. Maybe better. W- yeah, well, maybe for the Aeonimus it worked. It, it, um, that can be accepted exemplary for yeah
0: <laughs> i'm going to say it worked pretty well but but i mean i, I think i think th- this is where if dutch bonsai took some time off of being a a a leader in europe m- maybe that time off is what dutch bonsai needed for the trees to uh. evolve to a degree where now they're ready to take center stage again yeah, and that's it. if that if that's what quantifies or if that's a characteristic of Dutch bonsai and the culture's influence on how the art form is approached in this country, then then it takes time. That's a time. That's a time based approach. <laughs> Great.
2: Yeah, we cannot dig out material for, uh, uh, from from one hundred years or older. Mm-hmm. We have nursery material, so we have to develop it in 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 a longer path. Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah. Did you did you feel like you could see the cultural differences to the trees that were in the in the trophy? I don't know about cultural differences, just just
1: there was so much native material that was in the in the show. Yeah, you know, and you could see you know what you, what I did see as far as cultural differences, I could see the
0: Japanese trees, the import trees. For sure. Those yeah. stood out. Yeah, because they weren't native species or yeah. because the aesthetic was different. I think both. Okay.
1: Yeah, definitely, totally both because you're looking at uh, a maple or whatever these trees might have been that I've seen um, so well developed, um, and I don't think they're. I just one look, it's like no, these aren't. Mm -hmm. These aren't from. They're they're not native trees. They're not the Scots pines, the the mugos, the. I know, and some of the various deciduous trees that you see here that were somewhat wild-looking. Yeah, um, that uh, like that smoke bush. Uh-huh. You know. Yeah. I'm, the just, Cotinus, I'm yeah. just, I'm just, i bringing that one up just because, you know, how how that was just not so perfect. Like you know, the the some of these imports that we had I'd seen. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I'm not saying it's not beautiful. It just it was it was unique in its own right. Um, so I think that's why seeing that was a little bit different. You know, in the United States, we. You know, there's not a lot of imported trees, and mm. if they were, they were imported years ago, and Long they just kind of just, you know, they've been worked and worked and worked, and um, and so you see all the what we normally would have, but um, you know, coming here, you're seeing something different because we don't have the Scots pines like they have here, the mugos, we don't have those either. Yeah, I mean, we we do, but we have different not, stuff. Yeah. Not the Yamadori material that's been collected here and been worked.
0: Yes yeah, true. yeah
1: and oh you know the Sabina junipers you know that that had been a species to me that had been somewhat just I I just never really uh, keyed in on last year when we were here last time. Mm-hmm. Sabina juniper, okay, it's juniper. and going to Danny Yu's place and seeing all the Sabinas there I'm like, oh, okay, I know what this is right know? right And um, so that was, but cultural differences in in the in the development of the tree. I don't
0: know if I could really say that, you know. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I think you. I, I think for me, having been to the trophy quite a few times now, and and having been to Spain and Italy and France and the UK and and having seen more Dutch trees, and uh, I'm starting to be able to pick up the nuances a lot more clearly. But I Italian trees. Italian trees are Italian trees. I mean, you know yeah. Italian tree when you see an Italian tree, right? Uh, but the Spanish trees, the Spanish trees feel to me like somebody leading a beautiful life had to have created that tree. Huh. Like, I, like, I don't know how else to describe it except for, oh, that person's living well. Not like living well rich, but like living well, like their daily life is awesome. And, they're so happy, and it's really beautiful, and that's what made that tree. I do feel like that when I see it. It's I feel like Spanish trees are the perfect balance of beauty and interest and uh, technique and craftsmanship, and there's a little bit of freedom in there as well that makes them not so tight, and it's just got that wonderful balance. And I think that, I feel like the British trees, particularly on the deciduous front, are are well executed and true to form for what they see in their native landscape, like you know a british deciduous tree when you see it because it's like oh i've seen that tree before like literally in the landscape i've seen that tree that's that that becomes a british deciduous
2: form and i mean british trees have three to four growing months a spanish tree has 10 growing months yes so you, you see that difference yeah yeah and i i i uh I think one of
0: the identifying characteristics of a Japanese tree, honestly, on an import, is always going to be its root base. Mm. Ah. Mm. The, the roots are not a natural root system. They're a exacerbated, uh, almost impossible root system that's been created through arduous technique over years of, of perfecting this root base to be this unnatural abnormal thing and and it's big and strong and powerful and and also it 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 doesn't really quite fit
1: Hmm.
0: now that's always quantified japanese trees whether it's a black pine that's you know a seedling cutting and has this perfect radial root base and it's a volcano shaped tree or a plate root maple japanese or trident and so this is this is um like a continuum, I think. Yeah. yeah,
2: exaggeration of nature.
0: Exaggeration. Yeah, yeah. All, 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 almost to the degree that nature really isn't informing our decisions that we're making aesthetically on this tree anymore.
2: Yeah, yeah. the craftsmanship on the, on the Nebari is more important than the natural reflectance. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I, I asked you a question today about how many native species of trees you have in Holland and 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 I, I would love for you to answer that again, but I want to give you context to why I asked it, because what? I was curious, as you look at the landscape, we were driving through the hague yeah and and these wonderful chestnuts, yeah, that were ab, uh, a genetic mutation chestnut that had this candelabra form and grew vertically, which allowed them to be good city trees. but then you started talking about. The registered
2: trees the national well, the, yeah. the, the the there are only 38 and some say 42 um really really local trees in Holland, in, in the netherlands mm-hmm. all the other trees are import um if you compare that to a country like india they have 4200 uh, local species of trees alone of trees alone yeah so that, that's quite yeah. a bit
0: bigger than Holland, uh, so
2: of course. And our uh, background was more, um, our natural background was more uh, homogeneous. Yeah. Yeah. So so there were not so many different environments to develop different species. Yeah. So that's why we only have thirty-eight species. Yeah. Yeah, and,
0: and it takes you roughly hour and a half, two hours to drive east to west. Yeah. Yeah. That's all. 3 t-
3: hours north to south.
0: 3 hours north to yeah. south.
3: Man. That is without the traffic jams though. <laughs> <laughs> okay, fair yeah. enough. Yeah, yeah. Right. I mean just like Yeah, in the middle of the night you'll do yeah. <laughs> that
0: is crazy though because the amount of the amount of agriculture that is produced here yeah. is just insane.
3: Agriculture is still our agricultural uh, agriculture and, and agricultural techniques innovation is I, I think that's still our number one export. Ex- yeah, it's a yeah. number one export. Mm-hmm. Yeah, technique and innovation as well. Interesting.
0: Yeah. Interesting, and 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 then Ralph, you were talking about these landscapes that you had accepted as being native.
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's quite. We came to speak about you know how, you know. Um, Discussion on on, on on the origin of the Amazon, and 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 that got me thinking about, or or translated to, um, that most of our natural um, parks or most of our natural forests, or our preserved natural uh, areas, um, they've only existed for about one hundred to two hundred years as a as a result of uh, intense um, cattle what is it cattle production cattle you know um, cattle farming mm-hmm. um, you know a, a lot of grazed lands have been just grazed empty and from there came in the sand dunes the pines the uh, junipers uh, Oaks birches and so on which isn't our natural landscape but over the course of you know as, as farming produced these wide, um, these wide um, open spaces. The wind got um, uh, got grip on these on these open spaces and created the landscape that we now treasure as our as as being our natural landscape, which is quite interesting because it's only so young. What we consider a typical Dutch landscaping now is 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 far fetched from. It's only
2: four hundred years old yeah, and far
3: wh- fresh from, from, from the from from the the prehistoric
2: forest that you still see in Eastern Europe. you know what we did with that. We cut all our yeah. natural forests down to build ships for the VOC <laughs> yeah. to go to India and to go to Indonesia uh, and the, yeah. to yeah. sail to America yeah.
3: And the, the the vein yeah I don't know what the, vein, the turf turf production tur is it turf turf production
2: uh-huh. you know
3: as a as, Pete, a, Pete production yeah, as a production as a fuel piece of fuel, fuel yeah. yeah
2: yeah so after we cut down the trees to build boats to yeah. enter the world we dig down the fertile soil to 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 let it dry and to burn it in our in our houses to cook food on it yeah. wow. and then we got stuck with only sand so and, and understand only Pinus sylvestris grows here yeah. so that's why we have forests with Pinus sylvestris which are only 300 years old wow which are beautiful though I mean, I mean you know those the sceneries
3: are beautiful but, yes, but and we accept this as, a, as our natural environment For I love it because it's more on the eastern part, part of part of Holland and, and we're on the western part of Holland so don't we don't get to see it every day so to me you know an hour drive to the national parks is a that's the joy of seeing another landscape. An hour drive, yeah.
0: Yeah. <laughs>
2: what,
0: what's the EOC? VOC, V-O-C.
2: Is, the, is the company that run all the fleets that discovered the world. we we'll go to the East, to the Far East, yeah. to trade with Japan, with uh, the, um, Indonesia, with India. Mm-hmm. We uh, uh, sailed to America um but but i mean it it's it, 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 it we, we call it our golden age because we made a lot of money in trading all these new products yeah. you know like pepper and and elder the, the yeah. gold and... and everything but it's it's it, it has a, a certain edge on it
0: yeah and yeah. you've established a lot of
2: for such a small country,
0: your maritime dominance and then also your uh, outreach to yeah. establish colonies in the far flung lands of the
3: world—yeah, back in the day was crazy. I, you know, I, you could say that that, that sort of trades back to the in, what what, what do you call it, the industry industry industrious, industrious. In- being industrious, yeah, yeah. entrepreneurial. Or. So yeah. you are
2: going to Amsterdam tomorrow? Yes. Half of Amsterdam is built on the revenue of the VOC. Ah, uh, uh, makes sense. So- uh, yeah. Uh, I mean, the, 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 the fact that all these famous paintings in the Rijksmuseum are made in that period. Yeah. Uh, uh. I mean, a culture only thinks about art, appreciates art when it's at ease. <clears throat> when it's thriving. When it has food, when it thrives, yeah. when, it, when it is comfy. Yeah. You know, otherwise there is no no interest in, in art. So tomorrow you will see the, the revenue of this period yeah. where we explore the world and and harvest mark my words and I put aqua around it because it, it, it's it's harvesting from somebody else's labor and somebody yeah. else's yeah. Uh, uh hard work. Yeah. But we harvested it. Because
3: hmm. th- that's an important thing to say I mean as we look at it now I mean, I mean it's been the golden age but it's also it, it also came with let's say the lesser humane practices yeah. you know yeah So that's that's a that's a good point to make as well. If if you're on the topic that you you know nowadays you should make that remark as well.
2: Yeah, absolutely. But we have some information how Holland looks before we cut down all the natural forests, and it was pretty amazing, I think.
0: Mm. So there's actually, and we're talking about estimations,
2: artist renderings, or also uh, we are talking about tree archaeology. I mean they. Uh, digged out a Roman ship in the Rhine, our biggest river. And it is made in 600 after Christ. And they analyzed the wood that was used for it. And the total body of the ship was made out of three pieces of wood. Two pieces from the same tree and one piece from another tree. The uh, two pieces were, I have to say it correct, I think it was 20, but it can be 12. But it... 12 meter, one piece wood, Mm. without any any trace of a branch on it. So this means that they used oak for it. And this oak tree has been 45 meters high. Otherwise, you can't get one piece without any branch uh, 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 signs in the wood. Uh, from it Mm. so we had oaks here in Holland growing and it is from the north of uh, the Netherlands because they could see from the way it was grown that it has been in a watery site, and they have all the tree foundings same wood from the same area they know it's from that area so they can see by the DNA of the wood where it's from so we had oaks from 40-45 meter high that's that, that must have been amazing trees to, to, to live around. 120, 135-foot oaks. 135-foot oaks?
0: Yeah. Do we and I know this because
2: either? there are pieces of plain wood with no side branches on it. So the the base part of the the tree, in, in Dutch we call it the gaffel. The gaffel is the place where the trunk splits up and starts to build up its canopy has been at least 15 to 20 meters. Jeez. And then it starts to make its canopy. Well, when you look at an oak, you know that's the other half of the tree. So th- these trees have been 45 meters high. This is
0: crazy. And, and what species of oak are we talking about?
2: Um, I don't know by head. I have to. I was reading a book on, 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 on these kinds of topics and it blew my mind that we have trees like that. And there are more uh indicators that we have had a a, a totally different landscape before we cut down and one of the
3: things is that you know i I mean our land is flat uh and if you look at the old paintings you know our, our our natural landscaping is you know there's things happening you know some high differences here and there so you know, with probably the peat production, farming, I don't know what, but, you know, over the course of time, we, we just... Flattened it out? Yeah, I am mean, I'm not educated in, in in how this all came to be, but there's, a, I, you know, just science from the cold ground. There seems to be, to me, a lot of evidence that a couple of hundred years ago, we had a... It wasn't as flat as it is now. It wasn't as low as the country as, mm, as we now call it. Yeah, right? interesting. Yeah. That's just by it seems to me that that's that 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 is by our our
2: industrious i think way at the of end, being yeah, yeah. It, potentially huh? it, it yeah. proves your label of industrious huh.
0: yeah the the i mean to support the kind of ambitious endeavors that have existed over a prolonged period of time, probably anything that could have been utilized has been utilized, yeah, and when you think yeah. about Europe as a whole, i mean this really does kind of quantify Europe as a whole outside of the unreachable and maybe void of natural resource uh, economically valuable resource areas of the Alps uh. any accessible territory has been completely yes. exploited
2: yeah. yeah yeah. well it was it was a legitimate point that the Brazilian president made when he got comments from Europe about how to maintain the Amazon's so look at your own country. Yeah. And what you did to Europe and harvesting everything uh, there was for natural resources. Yeah. What are you telling me to do? Yeah. On the other end, I think it's quite fair to say, well, we kind of ruined it. Don't make the same mistake. Mm. Because you cannot rebuild the Amazon. Nope. nope. Like we cannot rebuild our natural landscape from the middle ages and back.
0: Yeah. The, the only way I see the ability to offset the lucrative nature of cutting down the Amazon would be to come up with a worldwide carbon sequestration yeah. tax or profit that could compensate. And I... It, unfortunately, it's just not the way the world works or it's not the way the world is willing to work. And that that's really unfortunate. That's really... That's a tough one. It's it's we're in a tough spot right now. We're having to grow a lot in a very short amount of time
2: as human beings. Yeah, as grow. human beings yeah.
0: evolve, grow, change our system of beliefs, values, accept that things are not going to be the same and start trying to figure out what the heck we do about the problems that are sort of at our doorstep at the moment. Yeah. It's uh it's it's an incredible challenge, I think. But but also in in our discussion tonight we talked a lot about some of the natural factors that have over the course of time been assumed as having happened over a extensively prolonged period of time and in all actuality potentially happen very rapidly yeah and there is optimism out there there is the chance what a fascinating thing i could talk to you guys all night but Lime is snoring. <laughs> Troy is really trying hard to stay awake. Fighting it. Yeah. Fighting, yeah. No, T- fighting it. No fighting it. Take another
3: take another pickled herring while you're here. Yeah. yeah. Mm. <laughs> that will keep you going for another five minutes.
0: No, it's it's uh it's been super great to hang with you. Guys again, I'm so glad I got to that we that we had the chance to come and, and share this place with you and, and uh and I appreciate both of you opening the doors to your individual facilities and, and sharing what you're all about it's it, it's just been wonderful yeah pleasure meeting you both too yeah thanks,
2: thanks so much well that's thanks mutual absolutely mm. mutual and it's <laughs> it's really nice to meet um brothers in business yeah you know
0: absolutely yeah absolutely i hope collaboration is in our future yes yeah amen to that. let's make that happen <laughs> very good we'll do this again all right
2: why? Oh. That was the best recording of the (laughs) year. Oh my god, dude, I was out. Yeah, I know, we got it on recording. Oh my god, dude.